Hi there, Megan Thompson here from Megan Thompson Coaching and we are going to cover the number one belief that is going to keep you running on empty this holiday season. So let's break it down. Hello and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. We are here to cover breaking out of the meltdown cycle, staying out of the frustration zone, especially during the holiday season. So if your child is yelling, hitting, kicking, running away, slamming doors, refusing to talk to you, shutting down where you're, you're, you know, about to say, knock, knock, knock anyone home, um, and, and refusing to follow through on any expectations, then you might be wondering how the heck am I going to get my kid to follow through on anything during the holidays, right? And the holidays could be for your family might mean going to zoom parties still might be going to actual real, you know, in real life parties with people all around and, um, treats and, and presents and, um, great aunt Sally who wants to hug and squeeze the cheeks, right? Um, or uncle, uh, James who, who, who speaks crassly and, and is a little harsh, right? So anything, um, in between, I'm sure. And, uh, it, it's important for you to notice all of those stressors that can go I- into the holiday season, as well as the challenges that you're having in parenting your child during the holiday season. So um, we, when we f- focus on breaking out of this pattern, the first thing that you need to be paying attention to is whether or not you're treating your highly sensitive child as fragile. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. When your struggle is uh, in observing whether or not your child can handle going to a holiday party and you believe your child can't handle it, and that means that you're choosing to not go, that is treating your child as fragile. Other parents who are struggling with this are wondering um, that you know their child needs to toughen up and their child needs to suck it up and deal with it. Hey, newsflash for you, you are also treating your child as fragile. Why? Because you're starting to believe that your child has to learn skills by um, counteracting who they are and counteracting their um, their initial go-to reaction, which is to shut down or, or lose it. You might call these freakouts or outbursts or whatever, okay? Now, If either of those behavior patterns are something that you demonstrate on a regular basis, then you might be thinking that you need to be doing the same thing or wondering how you can stay out of the cycle altogether, especially during the holiday season, because you might not feel like you have a choice, right? If you have family members who are um, making glances and wondering how you're parenting your kid and struggling and they wanna see your sensitive child, they they wanna see your, your highly sensitive child, 
at these parties and they want to spend time with them and they want to spend time with the whole family, then you might feel like you don't have a choice, you have to go. And um, you might be wondering what your backdoor option is or how you're supposed to deliver that news to your child in, in the, the first place, okay? Now this is true if it's related to school parties, you know, helping your child um, dress up if that's relevant for the, the holiday parties, um, bring, you know, and deal with all the cookies and cakes and, and um, different treats involved in these holiday parties as well. Uh, in addition to um, holiday music and presents and whether or not they'll get the present they're hoping for, etc. So um, all, all of this is important to pay attention to when you look at gradually helping your child get used to these expectations and supporting them on that very same day to follow through at being in the party, then you are not treating your child as fragile. But if you are trying to wonder, you know, how long you have to last, figuring out how many hours your kid can tolerate and shaving off an extra one so that you can avoid a meltdown, um, wondering and telling your kid that they that uh, if they don't behave at the party, then they'll lose a presence um, come, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate, then that in and of itself is, is showing your child that you don't believe in them. And then you need to be in control of the dynamic that you are um, wanting them to follow through on. And that in and of itself is a message to your kid. That they can't hack it. They can't handle it. Same thing as telling them that they're fragile. Same thing as telling them that they're, that they're not capable. Okay. So those are two sides of the same coin. And this is really important because as parents, if you're co-parenting or if you are noticing parents in, um, uh, you know, other parents that say, for example, your, your sister or your brother, you know, aunts and uncles, uh, grandparents who are telling you that you just need to get your kid to suck it up. They themselves are also believing your kid is not capable and trying to force them into capability by using power. And that in and of itself is actually the opposite side of the same coin uh, that you might be falling into, which is more passive parenting. Um, feeling like your kiddo can't handle it right now with the current skills that they have, but not really knowing how to stretch your child outside of their comfort zone either. And so neither of you um, in this dynamic are actually right. <laughs> um, both of you, both both sides of that coin, uh, need to be able to need to come towards the middle. You need to be able to prepare your child for these events, support your child in noticing the patterns of your family, what they can get used to, how they might be experiencing it as a child, what might be different this year compared to l last year as well as helping your child notice their expectations. And this is incredibly important because unmet expectations is what causes conflict, okay? So you might have an expectation that you're gonna to go to this party and no one's gonna say anything about your parenting and no one is going to, um, going to give you a glance otherwise and they're going to allow you to parent your child free from judgment. And if you go to this party and you get snarky remarks from, from um, Aunt Sally and, and side glances from, from Uncle Bob, then you might experience conflict for yourself. You might feel like you have to engage in conflict by saying something um, or internally wonder and experience conflict in, in yourself. You might wonder, um, am I doing it wrong? And you might start to second guess your decision. You might start to second guess your principles as a parent or you might start to second guess your value of the relationship with those family members or the quality of character of those family members. And that creates conflict, right? 
it's hard for you to continue to trust that person. It's also hard for you to build a relationship and, and continue to foster that relationship with that person. It will cloud your judgment. Conflict will cloud your judgment. And so when we think about being able to observe what your expectations are and whether or not those expectations are being met, one of the things that we teach our clients is to be able to experience something in observement with, in, and observe it without judging it. Okay? Because if you go into this situation and you're expecting to be able to parent free from, from criticism, free from side glances, free from, from peanut gallery comments, and you go in there and I, you don't get that, right? Then when you're stuck in, the, in, the, high, in the, the meltdown cycle, it is very likely that you will jump to a judgment. This is not cool. How dare they say that to me? I can't believe they did that. And you'll be offended right? So your offense might take, um, take place as, as uh, and you might respond in defense, right? You might, or excuse me, offense. You might respond in offense by trying to um, tell somebody, I don't like the way you're talking to me, or I get to parent the way I want to parent. She's not your kid. Let me leave me alone, right? Or you might uh, get offended and try to defend your stance by internally keeping that. Ah, oh, great. Uncle Bill doesn't know anything, whatever. He's, he's, um, uh, you know, he's old and, and old school, right? So in, in that respect, you, you don't get the opportunity to talk to Uncle Bill about what um, what's actually happening in that relationship and why you're doing things the way you want and potentially influence Uncle Bill's opinion so that he isn't giving you glances of uncertainty of whether or not you're making safe choices with your daughter, but instead giving you glances of, oh, this is hard, good on you, you're doing it a different way and that must be tricky, but um, I admire your persistence, right? Now, if you're not having those conversations or you're immediately offended in, these di in this dynamic, then you won't be able to have any sort of uh, productive and constructive conversation, right? So you have to be able to respond to any of these um, uh, relationship rifts or unmet expectations with a non-judgmental stance. You have to be able to respond with, oh, they have an opinion, it's not the same as mine, it is what it is. Rather than they have an opinion, it's not the same as mine, that's wrong, they're the worst, I'm wrong. I'm a terrible parent, second guessing your own parenting, or my kid is not measuring up yet, there's something wrong with my kid, okay? So all of those judgments will keep you stuck in the meltdown cycle. And this is critically important to observe because the meltdown cycle is a survival cycle, okay? If you're stuck in the meltdown cycle, you will be in survival mode. So there's no judgment that you're judging. <laughs> it just is what it is, right? And, and um, because this has been a, a pattern that you've been dealing with for years likely, or, or at least several months in order to notice that it's a pattern, right? And so your body is responding with frustration automatically. Your body is, and your, your mind is responding with offense automatically because you're used to being bothered by things day in and day out. And so when things bother you, you might have a hairpin trigger. And that's gonna happen in other avenues of your life. It's gonna happen in relationships with your spouse or co-parent. It's gonna happen in relationships with your relatives if you don't feel supported immediately by them. Um, and it's gonna happen in your relationships with yourself. So the very first thing that you need to observe is number one, your kid is not fragile, but number two, neither are you. Neither are you. That means that you have the ability to slow down, 
pause, observe whether or not your automatic judgment is actually helping you stay safe in the situation, which is what survival mode does. Or if it doesn't, okay, if it's not helping you stay safe, then you get the opportunity to change how you're thinking about the problem. Now, if you've ever heard the concept, perception is reality, right? Uh, you get to change your, how you're perceiving the situation. Maybe you decide to perceive that Uncle Bob or Uncle Bill just wants what's best for you and for his, for his niece, right? Or great niece, whatever, um, depending on how you're picturing who Uncle Bob is. Um, or you're wondering if, um, Aunt Sally just wanted a, a quiet um, holiday because she's a, an older lady and she can't really tolerate loud noises anymore. And your kid yelled that she didn't like rice pudding and, and she was startled by that. And so she said, quiet down, right? And she didn't leave the parenting to you. Instead, she responded reactively. And your response took, you know, you, you might have taken that personally. You might have added meaning to that experience because why? You've been dealing with this for a long time, okay? And so it's, you're used to adding additional uh, perceptions to this situation. But it's important that you, we teach our clients to zoom out, okay? Zoom out of the situation and ask yourself, is what I'm jumping to the conclusion the only experience that I'm having and that's possible in this moment? Or could I be thinking about this in a different way? Now, you can say, Megan, that's great. I can think about this in a different way, but that's still not going to change the fact that my kid yelled, I don't like rice pudding in the middle of dinner and embarrassed everybody. Yeah, of course your kid needs to change their behavior too. But without changing your behavior, your child will not be available to change your behavior. Why? Because if you're embarrassed in that situation or you're mad at Aunt Sally or Uncle Bob for whatever reason and you're taking that personally, then you won't be able to have a safe conversation with your kid. Instead, you're going to say, see, I knew we couldn't have handled it. I knew you were going to be ridiculous. You say that to your kid actually in reactivity and then hate yourself later for it. Or you'll say it in your mind and you'll be like, mm, I knew we shouldn't have pushed it to dessert. We should have left before dessert. Um, and, and in either of those situations, or you might punish your child, you know, you know what? No dessert for you at all. There is actually cookies available, but since you were so rude about dessert, you won't have any of it, right? And overpunish because you're trying to control your kid. And all of those situations uh, are not going to effectively move your child out of the dynamic of, of the meltdown cycle of acting in unsafe or inappropriate ways um, in, in family situations and holiday parties or in general in life at home too. Okay. So sure. We're going to be focusing on just one part of the puzzle today because, uh, it's the holiday season. You're likely busy and uh, I don't want to continue to, to focus on, um, every single thing that you need to focus on because when we work with our clients, they know that this, this is, this is much more complicated than, um, than just a quick tip or a trick to, to solve this problem. You need to be able to systematically break out of this pattern. You need to be able to notice how you are holding all kinds of assumptions, not just the assumption that your kid is, is, uh, fragile and that that's dictating your, your behavior towards your child. But this one particular one is definitely going to hold you and keep you stuck in the holiday season. So I wanted to make sure that we covered that today. Uh, next, in order to break the problem down at the root so that you are leading the charge from believing that your child is capable of solving this problem over and over and over again, safely, 
right? Safely and communicating their emotions, not only safely, but also in a developmentally appropriate way by creatively solving their problems too, um, and spontaneously doing that without your help, then uh, you need to be able to follow different um, ways to, to shift out of this pattern. And uh, that requires a multi-tiered approach. You need to be able to change the way you think about your child. You need to be able to shift the dynamic in your house so that it's much more playful and less focused on noticing what's not working and, and staying stuck and, and trying to change your child every other moment or on a daily basis ending the day and, and feeling like your kid needs to be a different kid or you're, you don't know how to help your kid present in a, in a safe way, right? And having that be the majority of your life's experiences. And then you need to be able to do um, have those conversations with your kid in a way that they're actually going to be receptive to it. That, that playful um, component of, of changing your dynamic with your child has to also move into how you shift their behavior systematically. Um, communicating what your expectations are around holiday season, communicating what your expectations are related to how they communicate with adults and how they express distaste or, or um, disinterest in various activities is going to be necessary for a lot of the um, public situations that your kid's gonna be in that are likely overstimulating for, for your child. And um, you need to be able to notice that fact and set expectations that aren't above your child's capacity right now um, so that you can help your child reach their ultimate capacity, their ultimate potential, without expecting that gap to, um, to, to uh, shrink in, um, in, in a way that's disproportionate to their ability. So, uh, you know, if your child is at this point, you know, throwing their body on the floor and yelling and kicking and screaming, when things don't go the way that they want, even in public situations, then asking them to politely share that they're frustrated or politely share that they are, um, that they don't like something on their plate is a giant leap. And you're gonna to need to be able to support them much more systematically so that they eventually get there. But um, asking them to do that right away is too big of a skill gap. So you're gonna need support to, to break that down if, if that's the, the challenge that you're having. Uh, and and um, being able to do that and look at a system to to uh, make that work is something that you'll need to uh, to consider. And so I encourage you to go ahead over to our masterclass. Uh, that's free. The five shifts that we teach our clients to break out of the pattern of eliminating the daily meltdown cycle. And uh, we will post the link below um, this show or in the show notes wherever you're watching us today so that you go go to that site and uh, and watch our free training. It'll take about an hour. And given the fact, as I mentioned before, we're trying to uh, keep this uh, training short today based on the fact that it's the holiday season and, and you likely have a lot going on. Uh, it still takes a lot more for you to, to actually solve the problem. And so you can schedule that um, and following through on that free training when, um, when, it, when time's more available for you. All right, that's it for us today. Uh, happy to have this conversation with you. We look forward to talking to you again soon and happy holidays. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five 
S T E P S Megan Thompson, coaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.